0: Welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, AJ Elkert. And we have a really exciting guest today, uh, someone that both AJ and I bu- uh, really admire. Um, he's a podcaster. He's in the video game industry. We have Justin McElroy. How are you doing, Justin?
1: Hey, guys. Um, I'm doing
0: pretty well. Thanks for having me on your program. Oh, of course. Very excited uh, to have you. H- how about you say hi, to AJ? I don't want to uh, steal the show. Yeah,
2: I'm sorry. I'm just a little... A little jittery right now A little, A little star
0: <laughs> little starstruck i get it listen i'm nobody
2: <laughs> guys please
0: <laughs> no but that's the thing you are somebody and you're probably one of the biggest people we've had on our program so far but ah oh, shit you guys got to get on it man <laughs> you got to do better <laughs> We, uh, let's, let's introduce who you are to our listeners. So from, uh, from what I know, you are the host of My Brother, My Brother, and Me and Polygon's Quality Control, but there's a whole lot more to you. How about give you, our listener, the little pitch on who you are and what you do?
1: Oh gosh. Uh, okay. So, um, I kind of have two careers, I guess, uh, that are, that have the same genesis, but, uh, have diverged pretty heartily at this point. Uh, i I am, uh, I, I write about video games and make content about video games, so like videos about video games and podcasts about video games. That's where quality control fits in. Uh, I do that for a site called polygon.com that I co-founded, uh, back in 2012 with Vox media. Uh, and th- I'm the editor at large at polygon uh, <laughs> now, which means that I just make weird crap. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, I, I also am a podcaster. Um, I uh, which uh, apologize in advance because like every bit of terminology surrounding podcasting is like the pits. But uh, <laughs> I'm a podcaster, where that means uh, I do, um, I have done podcasts that are now retired, like uh, the joystick podcast and uh, the besties and the satellite dish and losing the sheen. Those are my my uh. uh uh, long dead podcasts. And these days I make, uh, my brother, my brother, me, which is an advice podcast with my brothers. The adventure zone, which is a, uh, those same brothers and our dad playing D D. Uh, saw bones, which is a, a show about medical history, funny medical history that I do with my wife who is a physician. And I do a yearly uh, review of <laughs> Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 with uh, a couple guys from New Zealand called Till Death Do Us Blart that will go until the end of linear time. And... God, is that on my podcast? I think that's on my podcast.
0: Yep, I think the only thing that you miss that I'm familiar with is a video series you do um, called Things I Bought at Sheets, which is actually funny. So you have to be on the East Coast to even know what Sheets is, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's a gas station that kind of a, is a big competitor with Wawa, other people are familiar with that. Um, so do you want to talk about that for a little bit?
1: Uh, yes, Things I Bought at Sheets is a really important uh, YouTube project. Um Probably the most important thing on YouTube, I would say right now. Uh, Agreed. <laughs> like, and it's about it's a food review quiz show where I buy something at uh, Sheets, which is a gas station slash restaurant, and then I eat it, and then my friend Dwight, uh, who's usually my co-host, he watches me eat it and tells me if I like it or not. So it's sort of like a food review slash quiz show. <laughs> That's a Sheets show dot com s h e e t z show dot com i have to uh specifically sort of highlight that because everything else i do is on itunes and and and
0: (laughs) things about sheets isn't so okay that's understandable um so like, that pretty much puts it into perspective for our listener. Like, this guy is a very busy guy, and he's very, he's done tons of podcasts, and you're just all around, like, being pulled in all sorts of different directions. Let's kind of get the story of where this all began. Like, how did this journey begin of you uh doing video game journalism, uh co-founding uh Polygon, and working for Joystick? Like, where did this all begin for you?
1: Well, let's see. Um, I got my start doing um video game coverage back when i was 12 years old i worked for a kids produced uh news tv program called kids mag at the local uh cbs affiliate uh and i i did game reviews for them for a guy named chuck minsker who also uh, i co-wrote a video game review column called game view um and i it was he, here's what a nerd i was I was the second kid to do the game view column in my local newspaper. And before I, uh, did it, I actually used to cut out every game view column out of the newspaper and paste it into a binder I had. Oh, that's awesome to save them. But that's sort of like been the, 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 uh, the arc of my career, sort of as weird as it is to sort of put in those terms, right? Like I would cut out the, things from GameView and then I was was writing GameView and then I uh was uh, uh I I started doing like freelance game journalism so I would just throw myself relentlessly at anybody who would have me and anybody who would let me write for them uh because I wanted to be in magazines before they all went away so <laughs> I uh I had freelance stuff in um Computer Games Magazine PC Gamer uh, game pro, official Xbox magazine, PlayStation, the official magazine. Um, and, and that was just sort of like, I would review whatever like crappy game they didn't want to, to do or, um, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So, uh, and then I wrote for other sites like the Escapist back when it was just like a PDF that was distributed regularly. Um, and, uh, so I did a bunch of, So like I, but I was also like a reader of all those things and I would obsessively subscribe to every game magazine and I was like really obsessed with like game journalism, like more than just like video games. Like the idea of being a game journalist is always something I was like super, super into. Um, but so I I was doing that a lot of freelance stuff and I just sort of applied to joystick. Um, and I, uh, had written for, I, I was, I got a job in like legit journalism while I was trying to get this other career going. Right. So I was the news editor for a local newspaper, uh, called the Ironton Tribune in Ironton, Ohio. And then I was uh, a reporter for the Herald Dispatch as a local newspaper covering, um, the Marshall University, which is a local school here. And, um, I was doing that stuff and I applied to joystick and I, uh, Got that gig and from joystick, I like a lot of, I sort of like worked at joystick for about five years, got on full time there, started doing the joystick podcast that, that led me to doing my brother, my brother and me. And then we left joystick at the end of 2011 and founded, um, we just had a really great opportunity and founded, uh, uh, polygon with my boss, Chris Grant and my brother Griffin and some, some other folks we knew, uh, and, so that's sort of, like, how I got into everything. And, like, beyond that stuff, like, beyond just having, like, a... Once the doors had sort of opened to joystick, I think that that's sort of, like, the the turning point, because I sort of made that happen. Uh, like, I, I, I've made them let me onto the podcast, and once I started doing that, I kind of... That grew pretty, pretty well. And then I, I've just sort of, like, other things sort of spun off from that main line, just because I think... It's interesting to do different things, and I'll get bored with stuff if I do it too long, so I tend to
0: try to keep my finger in a lot of pies to keep okay. myself interested. Yeah, that's understandable. So was technically the joystick podcast your first podcast? or no. Yeah. yeah, my first podcast.
1: Wow. Um, okay. yeah. And I didn't host it. like I guess I did technically because there were three people who were on it regularly. but I didn't like produce it at first, and I had to kind of let them uh, let me try
0: to produce it because I thought I could make it more consistently than they were doing, so. Okay, well then, here's a question for you. Seeing how you ended up starting a, po- a podcast with your brothers, um, do they attribute uh, the recognition and fame that they've got to you? Because, like, you kind of... Or were they doing podcasts uh, on their own accord as well?
1: Well, Douglas, I I hope they do. If they don't <laughs> now, they certainly should. See, they that's owe what, everything
0: to me. <laughs> I had to ask that question. Um, but no, that's really interesting seeing how... Um, so what led you to go from, I, I I'm doing a podcast with joystick to being like, let's start one with my brothers. Was it just uh, out of the fact that, Oh, I, I have brothers that I think I could have a fun time speaking with, or was there something else around that? Decision?
1: Well, you know, actually it, it was that, um, uh, my brothers moved, uh, my, uh, my brothers moved, uh, to, uh, Cincinnati and I was still living in West Virginia. And, um, I, I, I had gone from like seeing them daily to not seeing them and sometimes not talking to them for a long time. So I, I kind of wanted to rectify that. So I, uh, we hit upon the idea of like doing a podcast, just like nothing else to like force ourselves to stay in touch, like constantly, um, and to at least check in with each other, uh, once a week. So that's kind of why we did the advice thing because it was so general that we, uh, we, we, could do whatever we wanted to with it and it would be something that we could all contribute to because Griffin and I know about video games, but Travis doesn't, even though he likes to pretend he does. Um, (laughs) And uh, so so that, yeah, we wanted to keep it general. It it was mainly a way for us to keep in contact.
0: Wow, that's so interesting because personally, the reason this podcast exists is because I am a loner and I like after college I just ran out of friends, it seemed like. So I was like, oh, how can I stay in touch with my friends? Let's start a podcast. So that's kind of... We were kind of in the same kind of line of thinking there. Cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, me, and, uh, me and Doug went to college together, so he messaged me on Facebook about starting a, a podcast, and that's kind of how this whole thing got uh, got rolling.
0: What'd you guys major in? Uh, I went for computer science, and I specifically went to a school where there was a game design track, so like, I have the aspirations of being a game developer, but right now I'm just doing uh, Java programming just to get by in life. <laughs> cool. What about you, Andrew?
2: Um I uh I was also a computer science major with a digital art track. So mm. like focusing on um more of just like uh graphical design stuff. Uh still haven't graduated. Uh <laughs> um I have one class left, so I'm trying to finish that up, but right now, unfortunately I'm stuck working at a grocery store until that happens.
1: Let's do it. Let's finish the class. Let's do it right <laughs> now. I'll help
0: answer number thirty seven is B. So you can just keep- we can do all the tests like this. It's a partnership. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, here's a question also for you. Uh, I know that you have a, a few nicknames, but one that stuck at, stands out for me is Hoops. Uh, how'd you get that nickname? I gave it to myself so I could pretend I was good at basketball. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. I like that. That's, yeah, uh, that's awesome. The, that's the whole story. Oh, uh,
1: wow. No, just, not I <laughs> just started calling myself Hoops because I thought... Cause I thought it was funny cause I wasn't good at basketball. But oh. Justin Hoops, like, I don't know. I, I, I used to tell people cause, uh, cause I'm so good at basketball, but I'm really not good at basketball at all.
2: Was it for the show? Cause I, mean, it was mentioned in the show, the one guy time you guys, um, oh God, you guys were like doing like a whole NCAA March Madness goof. N- and, no, uh,
1: I started making my friends call me that here in Huntington. <laughs> <laughs> I started making people call me Hoops and then I made my wife call me Hoops and. <laughs> Just tried to get everybody to call me Hoops because I was kind of curious if I could do it, and kind of stuck. That's <laughs> awesome!
2: Oh my god,
1: I, I I do that sometimes to see. Sometimes I like to test the limits of nicknames because I like to see. I'm interested in who the who like can carry off certain nicknames and who can't. So sometimes I'll push it to like the limit. So like I I tried with Hoops and that went okay, and then I started trying to get people to call me the J Man to see if that would stick, and the other person that does that still is my wife. My wife will call me the J-Man sometimes, just to, mainly to antagonize me. Um,
2: <laughs> like, I look, tried, you failed?
1: <laughs> yeah, I tried to get... Um, the other one I go with sometimes is the kid. Because I think that's like the coolest nickname <laughs> you could have, is like the kid. It's like, I I have... I, the only way to get a nickname going like that, though, if unless you want to wait for somebody else to hit upon it, that'll take forever, is you gotta start unironically referring to yourself as like the kid or the j-man or hoops and hoops is the one that seemed to be the most pervasive but i haven't like given up on the j-man or the kid we'll see right.
2: how hard was it to like keep from just like bursting out laughing every time you reference oh, yourself no, I'm,
1: a, I'm basically an egomaniac
0: but I, I i think i deserve <laughs> all these nicknames and more <laughs> um well here's another question uh so you are the oldest sibling if i'm not mistaken uh what's been like what's the best part of being the oldest sibling and the worst part because i know i'm i'm a son of two or like i only have an older sister so i'm the youngest so i don't really have that problem but i did see growing up that typically the oldest uh has a lot more shit to deal with
1: yeah um well uh worst probably closest to death statistically Ugh. uh best is um best is that you get to boss your brothers around um actually for me it was the best thing was like having built-in friends that like had to hang out with you um and that's we, like we did especially like as i got older um uh, i i think that it, it it helped to like i don't know if this is necessarily endemic to being the oldest but like having brothers that are a bit younger than me like you get that you get to do that thing where you are an expert in whatever they're going through because you just went through it like three years ago so you can kind of like you get to play that wizened old expert role a a lot that's something that i really like i really i I like feeling needed in that way and i like feeling like i know what i'm talking about um so that that would be I
0: guess, the best thing. Okay. So your advice is the only advice we should take on My Brother, My Brother, and Me.
1: <laughs> uh, my it depends on what it is. If it's about, like, basketball, yes. If it's about,
0: <laughs> if, like, fashion, none of us. Travis. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. Travis has a lot of fashion sense sometimes. Yeah.
0: Well, um, so... Another thing that I'm curious about: you guys have a ton of goofs, and like your show is very comedy uh, oriented. And I'm not sure: did you have any comedy background going into podcasting, or is that something you kind of developed naturally? Uh, well, our dad is a
1: morning radio DJ, and has been for about forty years. And that that tradition, like he, is, so he's always been like the funny guy on the show or uh, whatever morning show he happens to be on at the time. And comedy was just huge in our house growing up. Like we would listen to Jonathan Winters records and we would watch Monty Python and MST3K. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of those like old like stripes was big and animal house and, uh, SNL watched every episode. Like the comedy was just really, really big in our house. And, um, uh, like, I, I it was always how we communicated with each other. Um And that's why I think the show works is because like, this is how we talk to each other. Like we're constantly trying to make each other laugh or trying to make our dad laugh or whatever. Um, But it's, but that's like, it's like that. Like that's what it's like to live with us. Like the, the dynamic of the show is not that different from like our dynamic
0: at home. It's just sort of like how we grew up. That's so crazy how like, naturally funny you guys are like seriously I feel like people I really think people like strive to be as funny as you guys and you guys don't even have to try and it's like every episode I'm finding myself near tears so I definitely have to give you guys that credit it's it's a pretty impressive that you don't have any like formal comedy background
1: well you know it's funny thank you for for saying that it's it's funny because it's a sort of double-edged sword in that um we we do have that experience with each other but um it, we also always run the risk of being like homogenous, like because we all have had this uh, very similar life experiences growing up. So, like, sometimes we don't have a, um, we don't have as much diversity of perspective uh, because the three of us are brothers. Like, uh, statistically speaking, we all have had a very similar life, uh, in the, in the grand scheme of things. So, like, we don't bring a lot to the table in that. Ter- we don't bring a lot of like insight, uh, that the other two don't have or a lot of like perspective from that sense. So it's a good thing that we can make each other laugh because it's pretty much the only thing we're, we're bringing to the table as it were.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Um. Well, and also in the in the realm of me like asking you about the comedy side of things when did uh, you start noticing that wow my brother my brother me and your other podcasts they are starting to take off and get pretty damn popular to the point where you guys start providing live performances and live shows that are selling out venues uh, that's something personally like I'm thinking to myself is that a goal for most podcasters like I I like the fact that I can hide behind a microphone and not have to be in front of like a bunch of people and that's why I have so much confidence but it's something that I I want to force myself into that situation this is the ones that I don't feel comfortable in just to to get past that. So it's something I'd be interested in doing but I, coming from a professional who's already done it I'd love to hear how it went from podcast to now we're doing live performances. Well uh
1: let's see. The first time we ever did a live show it was actually su- supporting uh Jordan Jesse Go which is another podcast on the Maximum Fun network of which we are a part. Uh, and that was not something that we would have planned on our own. They kind of offered it to us and offered us the idea and we ran with it because we weren't smart enough to know that we, you know, should be terrified. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we all grew up with a, uh, we all grew up with a, a, a theater background. Um, my degree is actually in acting and directing. Um, and Travis is in acting and directing and I think scenic design as well. He was a scenic designer. Okay. for years before he moved to LA. Uh, Griffin's is in journalism, but he also had like a big theater background. So it was something that was like very, we, we being on stage and being in front of people and talk to people was like not a big deal for us. Um I think the bigger deal and the bigger thing that we didn't realize and are honestly just now sort of starting to get any good at is podcasts by and large are not necessarily a great live thing. Like, it is three people sitting uh, uh, around a table uh, at microphones, unless you're seeing, like, Thrilling Adventure Hour, in which case they're standing. But, like, same thing. Like, you're. It's, it's just people talking into mics, and, like, a lot of podcasts don't lend themselves very well to that. Even, like, I mean, try to think of a parallel. You really can't. You see a band you like, and even if they were seated around a table with three microphones, like, they would still do, some tunes that you knew and liked like you're still gonna have that to connect to in a live show um uh so the, that's one of the, like the considerations you have. Like for instance, you can't have people standing if you're doing a live podcast, like you would at a concert, because you would really notice that. Like when we we're just blathering on about like horses or ghosts or whatever, like you're gonna be very aware of the fact that you're standing and have been for ninety minutes, and it sucks. So like that's one of the things you have to consider when you're doing a live podcast because they don't necessarily lend themselves super well to live performance. Um, so the ways. That we, I think, initially compensated for that were, one, just being, like, way louder, I think. Like, way bigger, way louder, way more sort of, like, full bore the entire time. Like, a lot of yelling and a lot of, like, just trying to stay uh, really high energy. Um For me, there was, like, a good amount of drinking. Yeah. <laughs> just to, like... Not be, and it wasn't even like nervous uh, so much as it's just like if you if you are that band like that imaginary band that I mentioned that's going to do like a concert, you have songs that you're gonna play. Like you have some like if you're Dave Matthews Band, you know that you start playing "Ants Marching" and people hear that violin, they're just like, "Hell yes, I'm on board, Dave. Wherever (laughs) you're going, my friend, I'm in the passenger seat." Like we don't have like we don't have our equivalent of like, you know, Gordon Lightfoot playing the record of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Like we don't have that like one hit that we can just turn on and get the crowd going again if we start to lose them. Like we literally are making up a comedy show as we go. Even stand up comics uh, uh they're are working from material by and large. Like they're we don't we we have basically a skeleton of a show that we're going out there with. And that that part scares me. And it doesn't scare me because like for the usual stage fright reasons, but it scares me because I, I want people to have a good time. We don't play cities repeatedly very often. I mean, we've done multiple shows in, in LA and, um, we did one day of s- many shows in New York. But other than that, like we tend to do cities once and then have, have not been able to return to a lot of places. So like, if I'm going to do one podcast ever in my life in Vancouver, like I want it to be really good. And like, that's the, and I want, and and moreover, I I want people who see it to have a really good time. Um, cause that's why I like, like, that's the reason we do the live shows, um, in the first place is just because it seems to make people really happy. And I mean, it's, it, it, we, when we meet people after the show, they're always super nice. And, um, I don't know, it makes people happy and that seems worth doing. Definitely. It's sorry. I know I like blathered on for a while. I'm just uh, eating no. an orange slice while I to your next question.
0: <laughs> not a problem. No, it's, it's a, definitely a valid fear. Um, going in with just a skeleton, like you're kind of like not sure whether or not the, the goofs are going to be good enough. Like you're like, that's a very valid fear. And especially for our show, when we get, when we press record, we literally have nothing prepared. It's just, uh, let's talk about games we've been playing, and then if we run out of shit, we'll talk. We'll do a conversation game. So, it, it's definitely scary. Has there been times where you guys have sat down, pressed record, and had an episode where you're like, I don't think that's good enough? Or, like, you were just
1: genuinely disappointed? Oh, well, good enough implies that we wouldn't post it. <laughs> we've definitely said it. I don't think that's good. <laughs> like, <but> like,
0: <laughs> well, I've said that myself about our show, so I can um, really...
1: <laughs> But you know what? A lot of the episodes that I've said that about, um, are ones people really enjoyed. Part of that is Griffin edits, um, the shows and tries to make them entertaining for people. So that, that, that helps quite a bit. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I think that anytime you're improvising a comedy show, you're going to get to the end of it. And sometimes you're going to think, man, we're really hitting on all cylinders that that episode um and that's the kind of like work you can do like that's the kind of preparation you actually can like beyond getting questions to answer and that kind of thing for our shows like being in the right head space like do we have especially now that we're we're like we're partners in an llc like we have like business shit to talk about and we, we've learned stuff like that that we can do to prepare is like not talk about things like that like not talk about uh reimbursements and distribution and that kind of thing like before the show like that that we can talk about after the show um and 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 that's and that it, like not being exhausted and not like having something we have to do in 45 minutes or whatever so we got to rush through it that kind of stuff like you can do to prepare um but like yeah beyond by and large it's just kind of
0: Pulling out of our asses. I should ask yeah. about cursing beforehand. Was oh no, cursing? you're totally good. <laughs> yeah, That's we right. are uh,
2: absolutely a mature show.
0: Yeah, extremely explicit. Um, well, we kind of uh had a bunch of questions about the podcasting kind of th- side of things, so to speak. Uh, let's talk about your video game background. Um, what was your first system? And like, I guess let's talk about your favorite genres and all that kind of stuff.
1: Uh, I go, I go pretty much all the way back to the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I uh, I had the clique vision and, uh, play, used to play that. My favorite Atari game, if anybody's curious, is H E R O. Uh, that's my favorite. If anybody wants to buy me that, <laughs> buy me an Atari, give me a copy hero in there too. I'm just going to throw it back in your face. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I, uh, realized that Santa Claus wasn't real when I was, uh, when I got my Nintendo because my dad told me that, um, Santa would have to, wanted me to sell my Atari and all my games to prove that I really really wanted a Nintendo <laughs> but really just like we needed the money because we didn't grow up with a lot um, so that's my history up to that point um, I always just really I really don't know what it's like I've all I've I've always just really liked I've always liked video games a whole whole lot and I've always liked reading about them I think they're really interesting Um I think for uh someone who did grow up like kind of sheltered and without a ton of friends and overweight, like having that, that um sort of a fantasy you can escape into is, is very powerful. And like, I did that with, with books and, and movies for sure too, but there's always been something to me that's really powerful about interactivity, like being able to feel like I'm making
0: an impact on something Um it's has always been something I've been really drawn to. Definitely, I, I I share that as well. Um, I feel like I've been asking all the questions you asked them, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> Hit
1: um, me, AJ. What we got?
2: Oh uh, well, I was. Should just
1: you s- get off this podcast and go finish your class to get your degree? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yes. You're no. I'll probably. Your time.
2: End- I'll probably end up playing Final Fantasy VII. Honestly, um, <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't even know like what, what to ask you. Cause Can I
1: ask you questions? Because I've I've never had the opportunity to talk to somebody who does what you do, and I'm curious about it. So, uh, Andrew, what, what, like, sort of, what is your role in the grocery store ecosystem?
2: Uh, I do overnight stock.
1: Okay. I used to do, uh, I, I'm, I'm sort of in the, I'm sort of have some frame of reference there. I've worked like 40 jobs. So I, I, t- I usually have like s- some sort of way of relating, but I used to do early morning stock at borders books and music before that whole c- empire just fucking collapsed <laughs> oh, it's
0: so depressing i miss borders more than anything there's
1: a sweet gig too do you kind of do
0: you dig it do you like it
1: because I, I used to like i would go in at like five in the morning and stock for four hours until people got there uh to until the store opened you know and uh i i don't know i dug it like i'd make some coffee, just turn on some music just like chill out i i found it very relaxing
2: yeah, I mean, like I usually my shift changes on like a daily basis, so I can either go in at like nine p.m. or I can go in at eleven p.m. and then leave like f- either five thirty or seven thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it it's like the dead hours of the night. It just sucks right now because of going into work at night and coming out and it's still dark outside.
1: Oh god, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. The vitamin D levels are just absolutely plummeting <laughs> right now. Like,
0: how, how do you um how do you manage your like sleep schedule with that? Uh oh! Well, he falls asleep during our Dungeons and Dragons I, podcast.
2: Yes, <laughs> I, um, sweet. They made me get off the headset one time, and then uh, to do something with the other characters, and I literally just like fell asleep.
0: Okay, yeah. We we always tease him for it.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I pretty much try to sleep during the day. Uh, I consider it like I have a nine to five job, just like the opposite twelve hours.
1: Okay, yeah, that makes sense.
2: So it it sucks though because I live in a house now with uh my best friend, or two of my best friends, and the one's girlfriend. They have a a baby that's six months old. Mm-hmm. So like I like to take care of her too, like watch her a little bit for them. And it's and like so the sleep has been like I'm chasing it right now, like trying to find it. Well, it's it's kind of rough.
1: What's the most awkward thing to stalk? Like, what's your least favorite thing to stalk?
2: Ooh, well we don't go down. We don't actually do the like health and beauty stuff. I'm pretty sure that would be some oh of the God, most awkward like so stuff. So fiddly,
1: like tiny and you're just, oh yeah, that would be real.
2: Um <laughs> I get stuck in the pet aisle a lot, so yeah. I have to stock cat cans, like the cat food a lot, and that is a nightmare. Like just a complete nightmare.
1: When I worked at um when I worked at Blockbuster, one of the jobs that I used to love was uh stocking candy. And I would like mainly cuz at the end of it I would, it would be like, you know, about two hours getting on the, you remember at Blockbuster back before Blockbuster existed, they would sell like movie theater boxes of candy. And they, yeah. like, first, yep. like aesthetically super appealing because you like shake it it just makes the best like candy noise ever. Um, but I would go into like the candy closet and restock it and the smell in there was just like oofa doofa. By the end of the two hours <laughs> of stocking, I wanted candy so bad, like, more than I've ever wanted anything in my life. And it would take me another 15 minutes after I was finished talking to just, like, choose which of those succulent candies I was gonna feast on. Would it be the Now and Laters, the Good and Plenty's, perhaps a <laughs> Twizzler, like, whatever. I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna treat myself to. Now, do you now I'm assuming that is not an issue for you when stalking the cat and, and dog food <laughs> section.
2: No, but... If you don't get super hungry for kibbles and bits. In the, no, but in the morning, they start making the donuts and oh no. it, the whole store smells That's of baked savage. goods That's and savage. it makes it makes me so upset mm. yeah i love i love you some donuts I eat, I eat way too many now
1: <laughs> i my wife uh and i and i uh used to joke that donuts uh should be called uh, uh unprotected sex because they seem like <laughs> such a good idea for like the whole time before you do it literally 30 seconds after you're done eating it, it's like what did i do yep my whole
0: <laughs> life is gone um
1: it's not as funny now that we have a baby <laughs> but yeah
0: you and your brothers and your father uh have a dungeon and dragons podcast that actually is the reason we started our own um the adventure zone is like our biggest influence uh when it comes to almost better than dragons but uh I just was curious, did any of you guys have Dungeons & Dragons experience before starting the podcast? Because it sounds like you had uh, lots of video game experiences and you liked the whole escape from reality aspect of things. But did you ever get into that uh, game specifically?
1: I have played Dungeons & Dragons before we did our show maybe five times. Uh, And that's not like five campaigns. I mean, like, literally five afternoons going over to a friend's house. I mean, the main thing was my friends were just so undisciplined. Like we, we just couldn't get our shit together uh, enough to play consistently. So, you know, I would do a couple of aborted attempts at, uh, you know, long-term quests, but by and large, I just wasn't, Uh, I, 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 my friends and I just weren't ought to, weren't with it enough to plan it and schedule it. And then once I got, Out of college, honestly, like most of my friends moved or, or live somewhere else. So, uh, organizing uh, a D and D would have become even more complicated than it was in college. And we couldn't get our shit together. So, um, no, I played a handful of times. Dad had never played. I think Travis and Griffin were the most, uh, experienced with, with Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know their exact, um, you know, knowledge level, but I know it was, it was more than mine, certainly.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I know for myself, speaking for myself, I had maybe one session and that's not even a campaign, a session in, in Was my, that with me? Yeah. And it was with you in college. I,
2: yeah. Uh, I was the sort of, I guess me and Bren kind of were the, uh, the dungeon master people, I guess. And we kind of like just kind of tell, told everyone how to, uh, sort of get everything done in
0: the beginning. Yeah, yeah, was the learning curve kind of like challenging for you and your father?
1: Uh, more dad than me. I'm a pretty sharp dude. Uh, but dad just cannot grasp the rules. Like, I don't know what it is, but that fool <laughs> tries to roll the wrong dice constantly.
2: Like I- <laughs> Yeah, he was going god mode a couple times, like trying to cast magic he didn't have and stuff that always yeah. made me laugh.
1: Yeah, it's 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 insane. Um, but but yeah, he he uh, he's getting it. I think finally. Yeah, I a think bit.
0: the most challenging thing is just your character sheet, and once you're past that, you're pretty gold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, out of all the shows that you do—Sawbones, Adventure Zone, My Brother, My Brother and Me, Quality Control—which would you say is your favorite? And I know that's that's a tough thing to ask.
1: I I really couldn't answer. I mean, I I I only because every show is so different. I mean, like. I am I'm really proud uh, like Sawbones, for example, is a show that is uh we don't use profanity on it and we try to make it something that a, a, the whole family can listen to and we've gotten a lot of emails from people who you know listen with their uh kids or listen with their grandparents or you know, we've gotten letters from um like a eleven year old girl suggesting a topic that we should do and how it's her favorite podcast and she listens to it on the bus. And like the, the other shows I do, I love doing, but they don't give me that same sort of like pride, you know? But then I hear from people who are fans of my brother, my brother, me who, you know, had a really hard time in their life and they, um, you you know, use the silliness of our show to kind of get through it. And it's like, so I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about a favorite. I, I, try to make myself as um you know i try to put a lot of work into all of them and i try to make them as good as possible um i don't i hope it doesn't sound like false humility but it's the absolute truth is like i still don't feel like i work very hard like i don't feel like anything i do is very difficult but i do feel really lucky to get to do all of them that kind of fill different niches you know i mean my my shows are only ever going to be so different from each other because it still has to come from me and my you know my own
0: limited set of abilities but
1: yeah i don't know i i, I couldn't say i have a
0: favorite okay that's if a I totally fair answer it makes sense good because it's all you're getting I mean, <laughs> <done>. <laughs> how about you aj have any uh let's kind of we should probably wrap this up kind of soon i'm on my lunch break
2: <laughs> did you not get they didn't
0: did they not give it to you what a half day yeah. Uh, I I got it last time but not today. Oh, it's exactly. why do you, okay why do you get half day sometimes when all of the time oh well no it's only uh well i only have so much pto and what happened was i i ended up taking a half day the last time we were going to record this yeah and uh it, it didn't work out but we ended up recording another episode of our podcast so that was that was fine but then today comes around i'm thinking oh the the interviews today i should take another half day and it turns out my boss like there's only two of us in our department he was sick today so there's no way i could Oof. take a half day so do you were you were remotely though right no, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, office and all that. Oh, okay. Just yeah. a suit and tie? Uh, unfortunately, I mean, ad- fortunately no. <laughs> so okay, good. I don't have to go that that's far. Sorry. But um, h- do you have any final questions, AJ? Um,
2: I guess it like a gaming one of for like current current stuff, like the current consoles that are out, like what would you consider your favorite console that's out right now?
1: Uh you know, I think honestly, I've had the most sort of like interesting experiences on my phone, which sounds like I know that sounds like a super casual thing to say, but like I've had I've had um some really cool game like people are doing some really interesting stuff there that's like very, very sort of off the wall. Um I I really like the PS4 and the Xbox One. A lot. Um, I probably end up playing the PS4 more just because I prefer the controller, but, um, they're also kind of similar. I mean, they do the same thing pretty much. Um, but phone is doing some like interesting stuff. Uh, so I get, I guess the phone. I oh, guess. that's,
0: that's actually awesome because awesome, yeah. our, on our show, we try to keep our listeners up to date with cool, uh, mobile games and stuff. And for, like, honestly, I, I often get people saying, like, oh, no one gives a shit about mobile gaming. I'm like, seriously, there's some good stuff there. So I'm it's gone. not just
1: good. It's like the things you do. Okay. Okay. Did you guys talk about Lifeline? She, you,
0: you know about Lifeline. Oh, I do not. Let's talk okay, about that. Let me, okay. Super, so super quick.
1: Lifeline is a game. It, uh, it, it is a, so the conceit of Lifeline is that there is a a astronaut who has crash landed on a moon uh where he has no supplies, nothing to survive off of, no knowledge of the terrain and he is also it turns out a student who does not have even like basic survival skills. He was doing experiments on this this plane or on the on the spaceship and then it crash landed so he's he has to Uh, figure out a way to survive. The interesting thing about Lifeline and the reason they can only be on a phone is that he, uh, has a communicator and the only thing it is capable of reaching is your phone, is your cell phone. He has beamed out a message and the only person receiving it is you. Um, so the entire game is played out through text message, basically, where he is telling you what his situation is and he, uh, when he comes into a situation that he doesn't know how to handle, he asks for your opinion, you know, should I walk around this giant crater or should I try to go through? And uh, the interesting thing about it is that it, it, not that that stuff hasn't been interesting, but um, the, the thing that I think really works is that the story is told in real time. So if he says, you know, if it's 11 o'clock and you're checking in, Uh, right before you go to bed and he says, I'm going to, you know, go through this. I'm just going to walk through the crater instead of going around it or whatever. Like you'll get a message at three in the morning that's like, Hey, I I went through. Uh, I'm just going to hang out here. What do you think I should do next? That kind of thing. And of course, like you can ignore it like you would anything else, but, um, it happens in real time. So it's like really cool. I was at the DMV earlier. And, like, in the middle of being in the DMV, I'm texting with an astronaut, basically, about <laughs> so cool. what he thinks, you know, what I think you should do. But that's a really neat – there's Lifeline 2 out, which is um, a little more, like, magic sort of inspired, that they're reaching out to you through some sort of, like, occult means. Um, I don't know that much about that one, but Lifeline is really is really neat.
0: Wow, yeah, thanks for bringing that to our attention. That sounds really cool.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at the page already on Android, and then very close to buying it.
0: Nice. i I'm definitely going to look into that. Um, and also, I guess kind of in this similar vein, uh, what's your most anticipated game for 2016? Uh, anything really catching your eye?
1: Ah, uh, God, you know, I'd need, I would need a list to look at. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. Like I got Fallout this year and I'm probably not going to get another, um, I'm probably not going to get another uh, Bethesda game for a few years. Um, You know what? I'm not sure off the top of my head. That's fair. The things that I really dug this year caught me completely by surprise. I just submitted my top ten to Polygon um, of, like, Game of the Year voting type stuff. And, like, the things that I really gravitated towards, a lot of them I had no idea. Like, they weren't anything I was looking forward to. It was just sort of, like, things that happened to... Catch my fancy. My number one game I hadn't heard of until literally the day it was released. So like, yeah, I don't know. Whatever I I dig the most, I'll probably, will probably catch me by surprise in that same way. Okay. At least I hope, because it's, it's pretty neat when that happens.
2: I've been super into Mario Maker, actually. Uh, super, super into that game. That's a really good game.
1: Yeah, I'd love, I I love, I need to, I don't have the free time that I need to, to like spend more time with it. Um, I, uh, I I want to get deeper into it. I just um, I I also have a bad habit of disconnecting my Wii and forgetting about it <laughs> for weeks.
0: Oh, uh, so <laughs> I need
1: to correct that that issue. But
0: before I forget, because there's somebody whose opinion I highly value. What were your thoughts? Did you get around to playing Life is Strange at all? And what were your thoughts? You
1: I played the first two episodes of Life is Strange with my wife. And uh, I think it's a really neat concept, it's a really neat story. I just thought the dialogue like sucked the moon right out of the sky, and and <laughs> and it's it was this. A lot of it just seemed like forced, trying to be like this is how teens talk, right? Do they say "awesome sauce," Scott? I hope so. I'm 35. I live in Quebec. Um, I I I think that that is. Uh, That was my issue with it. I would still like to go back and finish it because I think a lot of the stuff it does is neat. I'm just so in a story-based game to have dialogue with that sort of like stilted and wooden was, was pretty tough for me to get around.
0: That's a valid complaint. Yeah. There was definitely like, especially like the forest uh, slang, like hella and stuff. I'm like, do people even say that anymore? Like there was just some certain things in there that I was just like, but all in all, I do highly recommend you revisit it because uh, the ending of that game is just amazing. I'm sure there was a lot of complaints and a lot of people were just like up in arms about it. But if, I don't know, I personally thought it was one of the best games of the year. So I definitely recommend revisiting. Awesome.
1: Well, I will, I will uh, try to, I will try to, to, to do it. Now that we're past like the Rubicon of, of uh, December, like the end of the year stuff, things will slow down for a few months, at least I hope
2: well at least to like may maybe yeah
1: right well you know what it used to be that way but anymore you're you're uh you're you're seeing a lot
0: of stuff in like
1: They're February, staggering the releases yeah
0: um well i think that's going to do it for this episode uh guys thanks so much for joining us uh justin can we do some plugs for you where can people find you Wh- which podcast do they listen to uh, god just search just uh on iTunes, you can
1: search for the adventure zone or my brother, my brother and me or sawbones. Um, I would just look on YouTube first. Cause there's like, you can find some little clips there. Uh, if you want, you can, um, hear some samples of all the shows and see which ones you might want. Um, and polygon.com, of course, I got a lot of videos there. I got a video series with, with Griffin who does my brother, my brother and me with me called Monster Factory, where we, um, uh, play games and try to break them. And record that. And we're actually wrapping up a, a three part Fallout 4 series this week at some point. Um, if you look for Monster Factor on YouTube, a lot of people like those. So you can check those totally out. And, um, I'm doing, uh, we're doing a live show here in Huntington on December 21st, uh, uh, called Candle Nights to celebrate the holidays. If you want to come out to that, uh, candleknights.net is the address to buy tickets. For that um and also uh the the last the only other thing i want to say is that andrew i want you to promise me you're gonna get that degree when you do you're gonna email me email me and let me know you got it so i can send you a gift
2: (laughs) all right
1: something special something real nice just for you uh and i'm serious i want you to email me a a picture if possible and uh (laughs) so i can send you something something real special from the heart
2: Okay, thank you. I believe
1: in you.
0: You're so close, my friend. Please fight through. <laughs> oh, that's All awesome. Right. And how about you AJ, um any personal twitters and stuff?
2: Uh no nothing besides my uh my standard one forget uh forgetful, but that's I mean with TSK being down, so yeah, I don't know. Uh,
0: yeah, for the listener, just so you guys are aware, we're trying to rethink our anime podcast. We're not sure if TSK is going to get taken down and we're going to start a new one or what. But we'll keep you guys posted. But if you like our show, please give us a like or follow on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is abtsilence. Uh, I personally am in tr- uh, streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash silence every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we can't thank you enough for joining us, Justin. That was such a a fun time. We hope to maybe down the road have you, maybe some of your brothers back on our show down the road.
1: Awesome. I'd love that. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me.
0: All right. And have a good day, and we will see you guys next week.